Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Elite Rugby Banter. It's a podcast about rugby. I'm your host Adam, as always, coming to you from a rather humid Johannesburg. Um, and breaking news: Ben in Mauritius is going back to the hammock. Ben, cutting live to you now. Um, how's the hammock feel about this? Yeah. Um, the, the hammock seems grateful. It's, it's accepted my my weight. I'm noticing the one string is looking a bit tangled, so. I hope it holds out for the episode. I had to brush some leaves <laughs> off it before I, before I got in, and there hardy are does. lots of ru- there are no hardy sorry, those are my hardy do- those are my hardy does. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and there there also there are lots of ripening mangoes around me, so everyone back at home can just now I feel you have the have the full scene. Sounds nice. awful. Nice. Um, yeah, Matt, the tortoise came mm-hmm. earlier and tried to bite me as well. Matt, how, uh, I hope you got away. Uh, can, I, can, I, can I talk to Matt now? <laughs> yeah, if you have to. I mean, yeah, I was going to ask about how things in George, how the Heidi dies, etc., etc. Ah, oh, they chilled. I mean, the neighbour cut down the tree that they nested in a couple of months back, so they're still roaming around, but they're rather homeless, and that's why they're so noisy. Okay. Um, okay, good. Alex, how are you? <laughs> Uh, I'm okay, thanks. I'm a bit sleepy. I just woke up from a nap. Yo, tough, tough life, eh? Yeah, you guys yeah. can probably hear that I'm a bit slower than usual. Uh, yeah. That's it. It wasn't a joke. I wasn't bantering. I'm just slow. slow, slow. Just, just warning. Yeah, wasn't yeah. bantering. <laughs> so there, there was no pause for applause at the end of that one. Yeah. Okay, we are now, ladies and gentlemen, in the dry season when there is no rugby. I know Pro 14 is still going on, but... Um, as our record shows, we're there and thereabouts, and nothing more. So today, we're going to be chatting a little bit about just some news. As always, it is some rugby news. And uh, the main feature chat for today will be North versus South. Everybody loves a good North versus South chat, uh, how the South are better than the North. Uh, Chris Lee, friend of the pod, he has called us out for saying we're very Southern Hemisphere focused, and he's damn right uh, about that. So, we are. Yeah. Um, we, we, we respect our Northern foes, except the Welsh, actually, um, especially after that loss. So and the and the English we don't really respect. No, the English no, yet. not really. Actually, that's true. I don't mind the Irish and the Scottish, but those other two. And don't and do and we caught and we caught Italy a third tier nation last episode. Yeah. So we we can't really say we respect them either, but we definitely respect the Irish. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, and and uh, pretty much most other rugby nations apart from Wales and England. Uh, England for me, I, I just like the English more than the Welsh. Ben, uh, he just liked the Welsh enough for everybody. On the pod, even though we don't don't like them either. So thanks, Ben, for carrying the can for that. But to start off, to start off with some news, uh, it's Back to the Future, an, an exclusive story that came out in Sydney Morning Herald uh, the start of last week about the Super 14 all over again? Question mark. Sansa Mel radical overhaul. Um, this is from Georgina Robertson. The Super Rugby Nations are considering cutting the competition back to 14 teams and doing away with the unpopular conference system from 2021. Not for the first time, Japan's Sunwolves are in the firing line of South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, and Argentina battle to agree on a format that suits all unions. But with World League discussions providing a fascinating distraction, time is running out to reach a consensus. The Herald understands the 14 competition was one of a small handful of models discussed by the Sandside unions after the World Rugby meetings in Dublin three weeks ago. The format would do away with the conference system, drop one team and implement a variation on 
and all play all model or round robin all play all model really it's, uh, it's round robin the sidewalls appear to be the team most at risk unless another South Africa team follows the footsteps of the Chiefs and Kings and joins the Pro 14 so uh, yeah guys I guess this is all predict- this is pretty predictable you know that the Super Rugby got worse with more teams and I would argue it has gotten a bit better and the sooner the, conf- the conferences that are dealt away with the better sorry Matt I know you're going to be a bit cut up by the fact that the Sunwolves won't be in it it's difficult to sort of stand for them when, because they they made a lot of promises of or JFRU or whatever mm. made a lot of promises about when it's saying look if you include us and all that this is what will happen and all that and they've barely delivered on them and then they were given a second chance now and the Sunwolves have started delivering on them but I still think I think it's pretty much too much too late too little too late sorry and what, yeah what, I don't did know the, what were the promises Matt? The promises were essentially that this, the Sunwolves would mirror a national side. was okay. one of the big that's promises. Broad, that's broadly true so far. Broadly, yeah. This year, they fixed that. I, I, would, I would argue the Sunwolves would actually beat Japan. Yeah, at the moment. But yeah, that was fixed by... And including Jamie Joseph. A lot of the problems... Oh, wait, where's that list? Didn't they say Eddie Jones would coach them, which obviously is not... Obviously fell through immediately. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he immediately, I mean, when they made that deal, he immediately went off to the Stormers and then immediately went yeah. off to... I was going to say, if, if that's the basis, then we should kick the Stormers out as well. Yeah, yeah well, the sto- yeah. so Jamie Joseph taking up the rain was one step towards them fixing. I can't remember now where it is, but I know it's... The, funny enough, the fan side of it is fine. I think the, that side of the numbers is fine. It's being able to... The players on offer, I think, is where the problem was and continues to be because yeah. the top league guys aren't releasing players like they should be. I mean, look at Lapis, who yeah, was, I was about essentially their star and he only yeah. played like three months. When he I left how much because of that. I think that's a significant factor as well. They just can't seem to that. JFRU just can't seem to get top league to play along. Because, I mean, it's... Also, so Rossi's almost like single-handedly changing the face of Super Rugby. Yeah, possibly. Rusty? Uh, no, Lappies. Lappies. Because, no, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, their, their model is still... They still have the model because a lot of their teams are company teams. So it's not necessarily a club. It's a company. So the players are actually like low-level admin employees and should have said companies as well. <laughs> do, you, do, you think, do you think they have to come in like Michael Leach has to make like three photocopies a month or he technically can't play rugby? <laughs> I don't know exactly how it works, but they are like salaried, me- salaried sort of members of the companies that they play for, so Canon, Toshiba, and all that. They're technically salaried employees of of those companies, not say like where we've got salaried members of the Stormers and so forth. That is bizarre. Yeah, sort of, so 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 it's kind of like it's Japan sort of way they've structured it for it. Yeah, it's the way they that's and that's the way their sports teams have always been structured. Their sports team by the by the what I've sort of I've done a little bit of reading and from what I've understood their sort of professional sports have always grown out mm. of sort of company teams forming their, like sort of clubs and and then they've been and then professionals obviously being hired specifically to play on said teams and that but they are like that company's that company's employee not necessarily a team's employee. Yeah, so I guess it's harder. But I guess one of the problems is that the 
what's the Japanese rugby league called again? The top league. Yeah, top league runs parallel to Super Rugby. No, does it? No, it's, it runs it. I think it's running now. No, but there, there must be some level of overlap if they're recalling players and stuff. Yeah, let me have a look quickly when it's I running. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Like, it, it was just... That's the whole thing, like that the Curry Cup, Mitra Cup, and whatever fuck around Australia do. That yeah. that's all like outside of Super Rugby. Well, the Curry yeah. Cup isn't actually. Oh fuck, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like it, it was, it was really weird with the Lapis thing because he was the only player that like they seemed to be struggling to keep. Um, yeah, because he's a. Like but wasn't that that they even? Ago. It wasn't even that they were struggling to keep him. Just that their loan, that the agreement to have him, was yeah, that they expired. were going to have him to that month and then to the end of that but month. Why? Maybe they didn't think he would make such an impact. Little do they know that Lapis is heat. But maybe maybe when they got him, he was there as, as like a, a replacement for someone. Yeah. And then he'd kind of developed this massive name for himself by the time he needed to go. Because if you think about it, if he was just sort of sitting on the bench, missing the odd game, whatever, and then he went, no one would really have noticed. Yeah. But even, I mean, it's not like there was a, an outflux of players and Lapis just happened to be one of them. It, I, yeah, just, I remember just correctly, like he was, it was literally just him. Like, he was the only person who... It's like someone put the wrong date down on in the paperwork, and then everyone mm. was like, no, we got, we got to stick to this. Maybe numbers in really Japanese weird. are hard. Just on a... Like, like, I can see... Like, I like the Sunwolves. I like what their team's about, their gears, but I can see why they want to get... Because it doesn't suit... you. It's hard to fit them into a tour... They're in a funny time zone, you know, no. it's disruptive. They, they, their time zone matches, uh, funny enough, matches up better with Australia and New Zealand than us. Well, yeah, but also, but it, also think, matches up, it also matches up better with us than theirs do. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, I think our TV rights are the reason our, dictate, our, the, our viewership numbers dictates who plays at what time anyway. But, but just 14 teams... It's like even that if it's a an all play all structure. Fourteen is a shitload of That's still a lot of rugby, eh? Yeah. So I, I've got I've got a I've got a, an Excel spreadsheet that Phil sent me um ages ago where he did like a mock up of a proposal for Southern Hemisphere rugby along the lines of essentially like the Heineken Cup in the Northern Hemisphere or the Champions Cup or whatever it is. Um and I just opened it now. I, I, I probably should have asked him before sharing it online uh, on air, but um, it's pretty comprehensive, and I might get some of the details wrong. Essentially, there's rugby played from February to October, and there's two tiers of Super Rugby. There's a Super Rugby Premier level and Super Rugby Challenge level, and then you got uh, teams from each of the countries. So, for example, um, South Africa. From the Curry Cup would have the Bulls, the Lions, Sharks, Western Province, and Argentina. One, let's just assume that they're playing Curry Cup. That's the South Africa's Super Rugby Premier sides, and then you'd have uh, Cheetahs, Griquas, and Pumas representing South Africa in the Super Rugby Challenge. So then, from Australia, you'd have, or let's rather say, from New Zealand, instead of you do away with the um, franchises in New Zealand. So instead of having Crusaders and Hurricanes and Chiefs or whatever, 
you have Canterbury, Wellington, Auckland, Tasman, and Taranaki. This is quite old, so it might not be up to date with the latest Might of 10 results. But let's say you have those five teams representing New Zealand in the rugby, Super Rugby Premier. And then you have like counties Manukau and North Harbour, who are the two of the next best teams that do well in Might of 10 Cup. They then get to play Super Rugby Challenge. And then you split everyone up into, into pools. So there's one South African, one Australian, one New Zealand team in in each pool. And you play home and away on that basis, and then you proceed to playoffs, like they do with the, the Heineken Cup. So the focus can still be on you know performing well in the Curry Cup for South African supporters in order to get your team into the Premier League instead of the challenge level of Super Rugby. And, you know, then you, you're still getting the international flavor. You're guaranteed at least one home and away against one Australian, one New Zealand team based on the seeding. And then you get to play the, the playoffs accordingly. Um, so, I mean, that's, you know, that's one possible solution, which then it's quite easy to bring in the, the Japanese, for example, because they've got a healthy domestic league. And then instead of having the Sunwolves, you say, well, you know, it's going to have to be the Suntory. Oh. Yeah, Suntory, Sun Goliath can then, there's one spot for them, and the rest, then they've got three or four spots in the Super Rugby Challenge League. And then you don't you get around all this ridiculous coordination that's required. So, update and then on, you just have you, difficulty is fixtures, but yeah. I just want to update on the, the top league schedule. It runs from 31st of August to January next year. That's weird, because. They pulled lappies in what? It was about June, hey? Yeah. Hmm. yeah I guess I maybe it. for like for like preseason or whatever. Guys, hammock update, they're like ten spiders. Nice. Did they um, help make the hammock or I don't know, I'm just uh, dealing nice. with it and just hoping. It sounds like we bite. have nothing to talk about. We have plenty to talk about. Um I was just gonna say have you seen the Yogiada's new super rapy kit? And how dope it is. Yeah. Ooh, oh, yeah, I like yeah. the one with like the scratches, like yeah. someone's been mauled by a Kogwari. I know the egg chase, yeah, chase is called it Stash Watch. I mean, uh, so, I mean, they've owned that, but I, I must admit it's it's pretty damn sexy uh, when it comes out next year. And they've also redone their logo. They have a new uh, crest, apparently. I found it down on their Twitter feed. Yeah, it's a bit more American. Yeah. yeah, it looks like the, if you look, I saw someone posted a side by side of it and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, it's and, it, yeah. and it's 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 not as awkward as the open serve and Absolokos, but yeah. it's alarmingly close. <laughs> do, you, do you think do you think they um they what do you call it? They just Google Jaguar logo and then got the Jacksonville. It's not that. This is perfect. Yeah, it looks sporty. Looks careful, like the the yeah, black chain strip, as you said, it's got like the scratches and that sort of thing on the top. Um, aren't, they, aren't they plant leaves, like palm uh, leaves and things like oh, that? Oh, you're right. So they, they could be yeah, from like um, a palm tree, right? Yeah, they look like palm branches uh, and shit like that. Well, like it, brush. It's freaking awesome, dude. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, I dig it. And the, and like, and like the, the, the bull's kit, what's it? Chainmail, uh, representative. Yeah, it's chainmail, uh, but it's like fucking honeycomb. It's uh, just like exact. Uh, and, like and the lions, the lions came out with their kit. Oh, it's pretty non. It's pretty non-offensive. The line. It's pretty mere. Like no one. You're not gonna love it. You're not gonna hate it. Well, no, you're not gonna be upset. The the, the, lines. the 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 black change kit's pretty kit. I must admit, with the little stripe and 
Yeah, but, mm. no, but the white kit, eh, it's okay. But the black. Well, I, I guess most, most of the time they're going to be in their in their super in their superhero yeah, kit though, because all local yeah, derbies oh. are on superhero kits, so they're going to wear that one six times at mm. least. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, yeah. Fair point. Fair point. But um, yeah, I mean, I like the like the white stripes that they had this year, the Super Rugby kit for the Lions, like mm-hmm. the red and white broad stripes. Yeah. Um, I that was cool. I really liked the skyline design that they used the last two yeah, years. That was, um, that was very cool. But I really, really want to get my hands on the blue training kit that they've been using. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I just wish they. Out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Have the Stormers got a kit sponsor yet? <laughs> well, uh, well, don't bait Alex. Well, speaking. speaking... Sorry. I... Speaking... Yo, what, what, have, what have the stormers done today? I was just asked this because someone pointed out apparently there's a BLK, a BLK jacket like on sale on the stormers website or something, but they don't have a kid sponsor. And as far as I remember, BLK went bankrupt in this part of the world. Yeah. Um, well, the reason the reason I mentioned the stormers is uh, we, I know that we're all thinking that Victor Matfield is a shoo-in. To be the next blue, oh, blues coach, Bulls coach. Excuse me. Well, there are some there's some blues news coming, uh, but from Rugby Three Six Five reports, the Victor Mapple will soon be unveiled as the new coach of the Bulls. He have the 2019 Super Rugby season appear to be premature. Recent reports suggest that the former Springbok lock had edged out Southern Kings coach Dion Davids. Uh, the reports also suggested Pote Human is expected to be named as one of Mapple's assistant coaches for Adam Zondach. Was it Zondach? Was Zondach? Uh, not sure. Uh, was in line to be named as the new director of Rugby at the Bulls. However, Rugby365.com can reveal that the hunt for a replacement for John Mitchell, who joined uh, England staff, has taken a dramatic twist. This website has reliably learned that the Blue Bulls company has formally asked permission to approach Western Province's Curry Cup coaches. This letter has already arrived at Newlands. Uh, the Blue Bulls company is keen to reopen negotiations with John Dobson, the head coach, Donnie Snaman on attack, and uh, Normal Laker. Normal. I, I'm going to assume his name is Normal Laker, mm. not Normal. Normal Laker for defense. <laughs> that would be ironic. A, a group that won the Curry <laughs> Cup uh, last year and they made the final. The group was on previous shortlist of the Bulls, but they dropped off at an early stage. The fact that the BBC has asked the Western Province Rugby Football Union for permission to start negotiations. The BBC with or the Blue Bulls? So, uh, Bulls company, suggests BBC. that Matt Bill oh, is far yeah, from a done deal. Do you know what? If they, if they want a logo... There's a company in England that has a very good BBC logo, which maybe they could just take. Small, a small, a small sort of media house. Uh, yeah. It has also been revealed um... that Matfield wants to iron out some details with other employers before being appointed the Bulls. One of those includes his work as a pay, they say, pay TV analyst, as the pay TV oh, analyst. That, which is can the, you, oh God. Can you that coach and be on Supersport at the same time? Doesn't Shimangi do it? Doesn't Hanyani Shimangi do it? Nah. He, but not, he he's not coaching no. games that he would be on TV for. Yeah. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I, no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, generally, I think he, he maintained a contract with Supersport while he was coaching. But he was coaching, like, Super Rugby level, I think. Uh, not Super Rugby, Fast Cup level. Yeah, so I think that's still, yeah. that's still fine, I would assume. Yeah. I think, yeah, I yeah. think Do- Dobson is a, is a step in the right direction mm. because from all reports, he's a, he's a good coach. He's a he's an actual coach, you know. He's not just sort of a a figurehead. So I think it's what the Bulls need. Or elsewise, I think they should maybe look look overseas for some serious, some Joe Smith equivalent, basically. Mm. Um, speaking of the Blues, they've gone with the whole. I was just 
I was worried, Alex, the way you were talking, I thought you were going to say Flecky had stepped mm. up as, as a replacement, and I was almost excited for the Stormers there. Yeah, that would, that would have been great news. I think that, uh, that, they take, <laughs> take Flecky, so the, the province is just like, well, we have... Does province then call, in, call up Dobson, or then do they fly in someone, some other ex-player? I uh, honestly, yeah, I wouldn't put it past them to call someone else in by this point. They've skipped over him so many times. <laughs> um, moving on, you you guys are in my segue. Uh, I wasn't quite sure. It, it wasn't it wasn't a great segue because we weren't talking yeah. about the blues. Well, you yeah, know, you speaking of the blues, speaking, you were just, you just no, but I mentioned of the blues. But I mentioned the blues <laughs> like earlier instead of the Bulls. The Blues, under new coach Leo McDonald, have confirmed the appointments of co-captains for the upcoming 2019 uh, Super Rugby season, uh, according to Ravi Pass. Blake Gibson, draft pick, and Patrick Tupilotu, draft pick, will share. Leadership you can't just in the same the breath. I get it. What? I get it is a real benefit it's to fine, have two Adam, players. To, to be honest, you, you, you can have both of them. Uh, of this caliber, yeah, who, are far, who are far <laughs> region and are so committed to the club and the people we represent, Blake and Patrick together, of all our 2019 mm. squad and management group are hungry for success, and these two will get the team following them, blah, blah, blah. Um, who's, the, who's the past captain, Adam? Uh, Augustine Pulu. Draft pick. Oh! <laughs> 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 oh uh, whoops, whoops. Pay to that one. That's fine. Uh, Brad Webber's still mine. Uh, so, it's chill. Oh, uh, you can have him. He scored like a hat-trick in the preseason last year, and he didn't do anything else. And he didn't reply to our email. Oh, uh, Brad, you're probably listening now. Come on, dude. Did he not join under a fake account? Join the Facebook group. Well, if if he made a fake account, Weber with one extra B should have drained him. Lower better than, than Superman putting on a pair of glasses, Ben. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, right, just to shoot through a couple of uh, other ones. Uh, Valerie pretty much right, looks like... Just a comment. It's obviously at the Blues. It's kind of like a, a new broom sweeps clean kind of situation where. Yeah. Um, what's the new coach McDonald? Yeah. 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 He kind of wants to clear out. But surely Tuipulatu is part of the old guard there at the Blues. Mm, yeah, but not part of the leadership group. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, no, I think I think he has been part of the leadership group. I mean, they oh. they don't have a lot of senior players, really. Yeah, he's. Uh, I, he, I could argue that he's probably one of the most senior players, that, just by virtue of being there well, one of the longest. Yeah, well, look, I mean, they've obviously got Manonu, um back, but he's not like sort of entrenched in the current squad. Yeah, he's. Been um, otherwise, I'm trying to think. Sunny Bull. Sunny Bull, yes, but again, he's like you know, he kind injured. of flip flops around from all the unions and everything, and, and he's going to be injured. Half the season, so, anyway. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So it's nice yeah. having a leadership from the from this bench, you know. If I was him, I would have made Rico captain just so he doesn't leave. Speaking of leaving, just one just one comment. It's quite weird that they that they both forwards as well. Yeah, well, I think it is. Alex yeah. mentioned that as well. Yeah, it is a little yeah. bit weird. What isn't a little mm. bit weird? Vili LaRue finally getting there Jesus uh, it looks like he's going to be leaving the Wasps Vili LaRue is fucking weird I mean I, I, no one can yeah, he's, he's hella weird according to the Daily Mail <laughs> he, uh, he rides a unicycle and lives in a lighthouse Adam LaRue Elliot Daly and Nathan Hughes are all I'm just trying to get through this guys they're all trying to they're all probably going to leave Wasps uh, there are rumours of financial trouble and also the lack of a new training facility uh, is believed to be a significant source of discontent 
for the wasp. If you guys want to hear, if you guys want to hear something weird, um, Spain are busy beating USA in sevens, and Perry Baker just got reeled in by some random Spaniard. <laughs> uh, thanks I, thanks I, for keeping that on I've top of it. I've got a theory on this that I think you run a lot slower when you're holding the ball. Like you can't pump, off. you can't pump both arms. I, I I think you run about ten percent slower when you're holding the ball. Because I'm sure, yeah, pumping yeah. your arm does do something for running. Because I mean, all hundred meter guys run. None of them sort of hold one arm to their chest while they run. Yeah, but Spain's. I know Argentina aren't the greatest seven side, but Spain drilled them earlier. Yeah. Oh, the USA scored again, so that was a good while it lasted. Didn't Fiji drill France as well this morning? Yeah, and then Fiji hammered Kenya as well, so um, they're on a bit of a rampage, old Fiji. Um, but you know, you know what isn't on a rampage, Ben? The 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 the, 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 the Fiji the rugby. The I'm moving on now. I'm moving on now. The Fiji rugby union because and no, we let me finish. Adam, are you just reading the news literally? And like, no, there's, 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 there's no point in us even being here if we don't get a comment on it. Yeah, but I'm trying to try to keep it going. <laughs> Adam, because uh, we've done really quite a lot. So no, like, no, no, but can, no, but so, 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 the wasps as well, like, the main gripe with Vili seemed to be he was when he went on international duty, they weren't paying him. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Saru takes over his contract then or something. Yeah. So 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 that seems so. Then like it does begin to look like a bit of a a bit of a money saving measure that they're trying to sort of you know scrimp and yeah. save. So, so well, when they picked him up, a, he wasn't he wasn't a likely Springbok starter. So obviously things have changed. Yeah. And and it's entirely possible that he's gone back to them and said, well. You know, in light of this, I actually think I deserve a better contract because my risk is now higher. Um, and they've said, well, we're not going to pay you more to be playing less rugby for us and more rugby for someone else, so you can fuck off. Okay. Uh, that's, that's true. Can we please move on? Yes, do I have permission to move on? <laughs> then they, can I? I, I vote yes. Can I? Okay. I vote yes. I Okay. Yes, I'm concerned. What? No, but okay. just first. So just wait, wait. Who, 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 who are the other guys? Who, who, who are the other guys? They they ditching? And Nathan Hughes. So Nathan Hughes, obviously, after Fafta Clerk embarrassed him, he just he's very good, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll be yeah. amazed he gets another contract. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's also going to Japan now, isn't he? Yeah, that's true. Because yeah, there was talk he was going to come here back to SA, and then now he's like, ah, jokes on you. I'm going for the easy money. If, if he's, he's just like... playing in Japan, then it'll be egregious if he still goes to the World Cup, I think. He is going to the World Cup, though. Definitely. Well, yeah, yeah but what? You're going to pick our starting fullback who's spent the next nine months playing against Japanese teams. No, not even. Because not even. Not even, Alex, because he's yeah, going to be playing season... no rugby before the World Cup. Their season starts in or yeah. the end of their August. Their season ends in January, so... That's a that's a big fuck up if you ask me. That's a huge fuck up. So he's not he's, if he is our World Cup if he is our starting fullback for the World Cup and he goes to the Japan he would have not played rugby since January technically if he goes yeah. today. But, but this is this uh, is I think I think Rassi has to go to him and say listen Vili I don't care but uh, you have to I want to see you play ten games of rugby between whenever start of the year yeah. and the World Cup. Yeah, you figure like, it out. You get a one year contract with with yeah, the fine. Super rugby. You, you fucking you go on loan to whoever the the Brumbies or whatever. I don't care. You just have to. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. 
No, actually, you know what? You know what? I want to see Vili at the Reds because with Quaid, with Quaid Cooper and Vili playing, it would be hilarious. Fuck, that team would be disgusting to watch if they actually... Like the one game of season that the two of them would gel, it would be disgusting. The rest of the season would be abysmal and everyone would be pissed off but that one it would be all worth that one game a season where it was just pure ridiculous can I move on now can I come can 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 we please move on yes okay where where do you have to be nowhere I'm just trying to I don't don't want to talk about Valina Roo for an hour I made my I made my points and that was it no but you said because you thought he was coming to the Bulls and then now he says he's going to Japan I'm not a Bills fan. Jesus. When are you going to get it through your cup that I do not support the Bills? I grew I know, up you in Johannesburg. I live in Johannesburg. <laughs> For God's sakes. Jesus. I think she doth protest too much. Oh, it's actually the lady doth protest mm. too much. You're going to get it right. Because the Fiji Rugby Union aren't getting it right. Their ambitious bid to set up a Pacific Island Super Rugby team has failed. After competition organizers decided it was not commercially viable, including a specific team in the, sudden, in the competition was seen as a game changer, um, blah, blah, blah. Fiji Rugby Chief John O'Connor confirmed that a joint bid from Fiji, Samoa, and Tonga was submitted in June to Super Rugby Governing Body Sanzar, uh, which, I mean, they're looking to expand uh, the competition and we'll see how it's structured from 2021. He said Sanzar had praised aspects of the bid, but ultimately rejected it on commercial grounds saying it could not deliver commercial uplift in both broadcasting and guaranteed underwrites. This would render the viability of Pacific Super Rugby team under the proposed Sanzar commercial model unsustainable, O'Connor said in a statement. The Fiji Rugby Union did not detail the costings outlined in the bid, but Pacific Rugby Players Association said it would have required a minimum annual investment of $12 million. Um, so yeah. do, you know what, do you know who has $12 million? The Rock. The Rock, exactly. Dwayne yeah. The Rock Johnson. Yeah. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Get on it, Dwayne. Do it. What if, Dwan. What, is it Dwayne or Dwan? Dwan the Rock. Dwan. Dwan the Steen. Dwan. Dwan. You see, the problem was approaching approaching Dwayne was the mistake. What you should have done is approached his ex-wife because she's technically his agent at the moment or has been for the longest time and still is his agent. So she's the one you should they should have been approaching and because and, she's clearly the one who runs his money. Was his agent contract more solid than his prenup? Apparently so, because yeah, she's and he, while now while he's making bank, she's his agent, as his ex. I think it's in her. I think it's in her interest as well that he makes bank. Okay, but uh, maybe, so, it's, maybe it's, it's for tax reasons they got divorced. No, he's got another partner now. But on the on the Dwan, on the Dwan thing, like I think it actually could. It's it still could work out that way, right? Because if you remember, our original point was that it was a mistake for them to be based in trying to yeah, base, base themselves like in Fiji or wherever and trying to get into Super Rugby. They'd be better off basing themselves in Hawaii and trying to break into the Major, major League Rugby. Major League Rugby, yeah. That would be heat, yeah. And I think um, that there's still a lot of potential for that. And I think I think Duan would be more keen as well. Yeah. Out of curiosity, didn't? New Zealand most did that, or the New Zealand government for that matter, most did that whole feasibility study and spent a whole bunch of money actually saying that it's their opinion that a Pacific Islanders team was feasible. Yeah. 
Yeah, but so, I guess there's feasible and then there's sort of... Pro- because I'm pretty... Yeah, there's... Because I think the problem is, like, I, I don't doubt a Pacific Island team, union, whatever could work. But I, I think the, the issue comes through when it has to make money for the rest of the competition. Yeah. yeah. And I, don't, I, don't see, I don't see how they can make more money than the Japanese team. Hmm. Well, the, I, I'm sure there's certain commenters online who, in, in any way who would say that there already is a Pacific Islander team in Super Rugby and then point at the Sunwolves. Or the Blues. <laughs> um, <laughs> do, do you know what? If we're talking about a specific island team, I think we could have a like an Africa team. Like the, the yeah. best Oaks from Namibia, Kenya, Zim. Like I think yeah. if like you could put together... Like if there's talent there and like Kenya is a decent side and Namibia is a decent side. So I, I think if you combine those resources and actually like harness that talent properly, they could quite comfortably compete and you know beat the Reds. I think the difficulty is of doing a multinational side. There's a lot of sort of under underground sort of politics and diplomacy and all that required as well. Like who gets to host them as the their home side or whatever. So whoever gets to host them, I think this is also what happened with the Pacific Islands, whichever nation was the host nation the other two would feel aggrieved and feel second year yes would also be their team but at the same time it's not really because it's they're never playing by them and to play in all and pick home sides for all three is just needless travel as well because then what you lose home field advantage by having to travel to three different stadiums yourself as well okay you you know what on behalf of mauritius i (laughs) am willing to host the africa rugby side Okay, sorted. <laughs> that's so well, yeah. That's that's what's probably the that's what's probably the, sort of politically speaking the best thing is actually just send it to a completely neutral country. So have two yeah. countries, like, Guinea, Zambia. Guinea-Bissau, will host them. Yeah, have three like have Kenya, Zim, and no, Libya, and then Mauritius. have have Mauritius be the host. Then neither of oh, those, no. neither of the three teams or three countries are above the host country. Then so to speak. No, but Mauritius, yeah. then it would be good for for traveling fans, because those will be like, oh, do you, do you want to go watch your, do you want to go watch the Chiefs play in Bloom? No, fuck that. Do you want to do you want to go watch the Chiefs play in Pretoria? Fuck that. Do you want to go watch the Chiefs play in Mauritius? Yeah, I'm down for that. Let's go. Like, come on, like, I've solved it. Africa rugby is coming. Yeah, I'll, we'll I'll start prepare, I'll, sorry. I'll prepare the batter for the airport. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, how many guys can you put up at your place though let's see because you're going to have to do some hosting duties as well uh, I only have three bedrooms and I'm having a kid so oh, I don't know if I can <laughs> you've got a spare room you've got a spare room <laughs> yeah I've got a spare room and a small so the, garden which you could probably pitch two tents and so, so, the yeah. can, so the Oaks can raffle like one senior member can crash in your spare room and two two sort of younger bench players have to tent in the in the back garden no, but like, uh, like, like, did you guys ever at school like go on a tour to like another school? Yeah, and you get hosted by the families there. Yeah, and you get hosted yeah. by some guy's family. Like, yeah, you're the under whatever 15B lock, so you're gonna like stay with the other under 15B lock or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, it could just, it could just be like that. Except it'll just be people who dig rugby can just host these guys. Come on. We used to do it with <laughs> Pinelands. Our school in Pinelands used to do it all the time, or once a year. Even one one year one year one year the other way. We used to do it. We used to have one like summer sports with St Albans, 
And for the five, the five years I was at school, it got rained out four years. These St. Albans fuckers would come down on the train, then it would rain, and they would just like arbor around the school for the whole day, and then they would go back on the train. <laughs> Fucking is a wasted weekend. Uh-huh. <sighs> well, not, not, not for us, because, you know, we never did anything on our weekend, but I think for them, you know, they had the metropolis of Pretoria to go to, so they, they missed out. Adam could have showed them all the hotspots. No, I was just going to say, speaking of wasted weekends, uh, just the final news story. I'm all about the news, guys. That's what I'm all about, you know. Just uh, uh, that journalistic integrity shining through. 100%. That, that's, uh, that's, that's what I do, because uh, in New Zealand, there's a big brouhaha happening within the Auckland rugby system. Uh, the uh, School Saints uh, Kitty Jern College, forgive me if I mispronounce that, uh, they've been pretty much isolated by the 10 other schools that form part of the Auckland 1A competition. Uh, the 10 schools have refused to play against, uh, we'll just call them, say, Kent, so just for the purposes of expediency, have refused to play against them next year because they say that St. Kent's... Uh, the law in Auckland is you can't pretty much poach other first-team rugby players, but they've been poaching players from outside the Auckland area. And the other 10 schools are fed up, and they, they're sick of it, and they say that they're getting a competitive advantage uh, by doing so. So they've pretty much given them the finger. Uh, I mean, this still has to work its way out. But just, just to, to pick your brain in, in South Africa, it happens a lot. I know in Durban, Glenwood, uh, I think, which school? I think uh, one or two schools refused to play, play Glenwood. Uh, after a while, because of their aggressive recruiting yeah, and something like but, that. But that wasn't at, it wasn't at, uh, like, first team level. It was more, uh-huh. they would get the, they would just take, like, the KZN under 13 team and then just say, okay, you guys all have full scholarships, basically. Oh, uh, yeah. So, the, so they would buy, a, like, an under 14A team, and then obviously that would sort of... Um, be foundational for... Yeah, for, for yeah it would be... Fu- Foundation. Obviously, not all of those oaks, you know, because sometimes if you get an oak who's shaving when he's 13, you probably shouldn't give him a rugby scholarship. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds, sounds like me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's just a byproduct of the game becoming more professional, really. No, but it, it's a bit. But I can see why. Because say, say you go to. Because I, I would argue that 80. 85% of professional contracts in South Africa probably go to people who have gone to 20 schools. Mm. 100%. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And so, so you can kind of see, if you're going to, you know, the equivalent of, I don't know, some, some small school, I don't want to name a school, hence, you know, in case they have like nine Springboks or whatever, and I offend them. But say you're going to some little school in Mpumalanga, and you get offered a scholarship to Grey Bloom, you're gonna, you, and, and you intending to pursue a career in rugby, it's a no-brainer. You have to go. Because yeah, no, no, it, it definitely makes sense of, from the from the kids' perspective. There's no way about. There's no two ways about that. But I mean, the question is why? Why are schools feeling incentivized to do this? That's mm-hmm. the because that's where you can target but, but, them. But I know uh, it's a big recruiting tool as well. Having a good first team. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, beyond that, it's because you get that's how you, I think a good fit because the school, the older schools rely on old boys' money, and having a good first team is a good way to sort of ensure that you're getting money from your old boys. 
Yeah, but it it is one thing. Like, like you're not gonna say, you know, you're not gonna go to your mates who went to your rival school and be like, Haha, did you see our hundred percent metric pass rate? And look, this guy's art got featured in this ex- exhibition or whatever. You're gonna say, no, our first team fucked your first team up. That's like the <laughs> ultimate. But it I mean, is, you get like the you get guys talking about. Cigarettes. Yeah, but like you know, guys are you know would say things like, oh, you know, Elon Musk went to Victoria Boys High. And like, look how well he's done. Um, or, you know, like it's a point of pride as, as somebody who went to St. Andrews, it's a point of pride that, um, Nick Matfield went, went what? there. Nick, Ma- not Nick Matfield. Nick, Nick, Matfield. Nick, Nick Mallet. Jesus, Alex. Sorry, I was busy reading that rugby 365 thing. Nick, Nick Mallet <laughs> went to St. Andrews. So it's like, you know, Springbok coach is a big deal, I think. For me, like having a Springbok coach from your schools with, you know, five well, to ten Springbok players. Look, St. Peter's, so, we produce, uh, South African water polo players. Yeah. Name five, Adam. Five. Um, no, no, we don't have time. We don't have, we don't have time to name five. Adam, Adam, I'm pretty. How long are they? What do you mean we don't have time? How long don't, are they? Don't, 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 don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure South African water polo lost to like the Hungarian under 15 boys team or something. Uh, yeah, we probably would though. Hungary's. So, no, but I mean, like, I mean, like, so, rugby is a sport where South Africa's top of the world like we we compete globally water polo we we do not compete globally let's not kid ourselves no no no, but okay but like let's get back to the main point because like (laughs) i think it's a problem that we we kind of fetishize you know sporting achievement at a school level Mm. over and above academic and cultural um achievements so i think like the problem does begin there and like i think it is it's fostered by parents who you know, buy into like that kind of American football, you know, Friday Night Lights kind of vibe where they like live and die through their high, their kids' high school team success and will therefore, you know, fund a scholarship for a kid to be poached from another school for some weird kind of, I don't know, derivative glory that really just doesn't translate into, you know, a better education for their kids. So I think that's like it's something that the schools really ought to be putting their feet their foot down about, and it's something that the parents really ought to be setting a better example of. And the only real loser in that scenario is the kid from Pumalanga who probably deserves to go to a, a better school and play better rugby with a better coach and get a better shot at being a, a professional. But that's a different problem that needs to be addressed through different means because that's for the education system to get itself together and. And the rugby system to get itself together and make sure that you're not going to be prejudiced because of the school you went to. I know it's a reality at the moment, but no, it, should, okay. it doesn't need to be. Cricket we don't need same. to respond to it. If, if, if we yeah. had a combine. If we had a combine, none of it would <laughs> yeah. matter. Do, do, you want to hear, do you want to hear my theory on scholarships? Is that they should take all the money they spend on scholarships and spend it on teachers. To attract the best teachers to your school and the best coaches, because that is actually long term. That is like that is that is long term success. You know, like fine, you get some like super hotshot fly half. He's only at the school for five years. He's only playing first team for two years or three years yeah. if he's very good. If you get so are you like talking a, about just just sporting scholarships, or are you talking about all scholarships? All scholarships. Like I don't see how having yeah. a clever kid in the class next. You know, having some super clever kid poached at your school helps the school in general. Not really. It's just one extra A in the trick. If you get like yeah. a, if you get like a, get like a Rhodes scholarship teacher, or something. Yeah, I guess a Rhodes scholarship or whatever is. Mm. Just a question. I, I, mean, I think I, they should. I, 
it's it's I don't think it's necessarily I mean maybe I'm maybe I'm being hypocritical about it because maybe it's the same phenomenon if you take a really clever kid from you know a school that is doesn't have a great academic um, you know curriculum whatever and you give them a scholarship to a better school where they can get a better education they also theoretically displace a kid who otherwise would have gone to that school and you know what is as you say what does the school really get out of it so yeah maybe I'm being hypocritical because you know, I, I benefited from that kind of a system I don't know if it is different from a sporting scholarship really except that I think that for me the difference is that that's the primary objective of the school of the education system like it's there to educate children irrespective of where they come from and what their backgrounds are so if you've got someone who you know arguably is entitled to and has earned a better education but can't afford it then you shouldn't let that be a barrier whereas you know the goal of a school is not to be good at rugby or not to not to create rugby players specifically so then to distort your school's purpose for that end at the expense of other kids who are just trying to you know compete for essentially for fun just you know it's recreationally whereas you're not educating your kids for fun that's actually for long term benefit so maybe that's where the difference comes in i don't know cuz i yeah like if 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 i hadn't had a scholarship i I wouldn't have been able to go to the schools that I went to. So I don't know if it necessarily would have changed my life all that much, but I, you know, I think it's safe to assume that it was of long-term benefit to me. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, just a quick aside. I found the World Cup hockey uh, water polo results. South Africa came last um, out of eight teams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Sorry. out of eight teams, so that's not bad that we qualified for that. I might have to eat some humble pie if we didn't lose to Hungary under fifteen. No, well, we lost to <laughs> we lost to. Um, I can tell you now. Give me a second here. We lost to Serbia twenty-one-three. We lost to the United. Mm-hmm. We lost to, to the United States um, six-fifteen. It's not bad. Uh, then we lost to Croatia twenty-five-two. So wow. that's, that's pretty bad. Uh, we lost to Japan in the seventh, eighth place game, twenty-one nine. We lost to Croatia again in a separate game, class fifth to eighth, sixteen-three. <laughs> and then we lost to Germany twenty-four-five. What what is what is like a normal score for water polo? Because it seems like we're conceding a fuckloads of goals. Um, I'm seeing like a lot of 12, 11, 11, 10, 10, 8, 9, 8. Yeah. So yeah, so we like, like the cheaters. Okay, okay, so like it's not. Okay. So. So it, it sounds like we essentially gave up the equivalent of 50 points in rugby in yeah. most of our games. Yeah, just... Did we have... Can you confirm if we had a keeper? Because it sounds like we didn't. We just focused all on <laughs> attack and just problem. pulled the keeper. Alright, dude. Chase, we check that. Alright. Alright. I think we've... Yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, so, just a quick chat. Uh, north versus South... What is the current state of play? Um, are Ireland the best rugby team on earth? How big a gap is there between New Zealand and South Africa? I'm not including Australia because that gap is pretty wide. <laughs> it appears. Um, <laughs> what's the story? And should we, I know we're going to be talking about the Rugby World Cup uh, next year in a future episode uh, during the dry season here. But are, are the Southern Hemisphere teams still the best in the business? That's the question. Uh... As like a as a collective, I guess I I don't know. Like I still think that we. So all right, 
you asked the question, are Ireland the best rugby team on the earth? Um, I think they're currently the best. I still think that like New Zealand's one or two players away from, from getting back to being the best and probably will, will achieve that before um, the World Cup next year. And I think it's safe to say that we are the second best team in the Southern Hemisphere at the moment. And so we kind of would have to go head-to-head with Wales, who I would say are def- definitely better than us. And yeah. then Australia would have to go head-to-head with England, who trounced them recently. And then Argentina would have to go head-to-head with, what, Scotland. Scotland. Scotland, of and Scotland That's pretty, that's pretty Scotland even, to be honest. But I, I think yeah. in Argentina, I know they did lose to Scotland in Argentina earlier this year. But I do think if Argentina, you know, have their head on that, straight, they could. Yeah, they but that be. was that was Argentina before they cut their old coach and hired Ledesma. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. re- realistically, I think we could beat we could beat Wales in South Africa. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And. Argentina could beat Scotland in Argentina. I think yeah. Australia would probably lose to England in Australia at the moment. Out of curiosity, you would... And I think New Zealand would beat Ireland in New Zealand. Yes. Because I, I also think Northern Hemisphere rugby is based on a very specific game. Because of because of the weather there, because of the conditions there, whatever, there is a lot of a lot of kicking off the base, a lot of territory game. It's as real. It's like chess almost. You know where you kind of constantly feeling out your opponent. Blah blah blah. I don't know how. And obviously, Southern Hemisphere rugby because the conditions are better, especially South Africa, Australia, Argentina. It does lend itself to a more free flowing game. Like, if you watch Super Rugby and you compare it to Pro 14, it's almost like you're watching a different sport. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess. Like, like, I think the Northern Hemisphere sides are disproportionately better in their own conditions, if you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. No, they are. Like... And, and we, we, don't, we, don't ex- we don't exactly have the same level of advantage in our home conditions. Because well, debatably... Yeah, Especially if you're New Zealand and and you're kicking with a, a ball that apparently doesn't suit you. Oh, Jesus, yeah. It's a... <laughs> what the fuck? Like, you think someone would have clocked that, eh? Like, hey, Bodhi doesn't strike this one very well. Bodhi can't kick this Adidas ball for shit, but if you give him a gilded ball, it's going strike cutting the poles in half. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then also... But yeah, I think overall it seems, it seems clear that Northern Hemisphere has actually overtaken Southern, Southern Hemisphere. Um, I'm curious. But I you, think they've got a very tenuous grasp on it. Yeah. If you take Ben, I, I, I think I think because of Super Rugby, Southern Hemisphere sides travel a lot better, though. Yeah, that's, that's what that's I was going to ask. Now, if you take your head-to-head that you just did, but neither game, neither team is playing at home. They're playing at a third neutral, neutral ground. In Japan, so, yeah. for example. For example, in Japan. Yeah, I didn't want yeah, to use Japan because I wanted to use the World Cup <laughs> argument later. So. Oh, jeez. We're going to never hear the end of it from you, Matt. Uh, next year, <laughs> everything Japan related. Are you, are you going there? Are you taking the trip, Matt? Yeah. I don't know. I want to try. If I can, I most probably will be able to try. You will be. I could be able to try. 
Same as so if, um, I'm, if I'm able to, I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a hard bash to no, try and get there. Same as so um, what I should say rather. Same as Kieran Reed be awesome. being named the number eight of the year in World Rugby's team, and the, it's like he's, he came back from injury. I mean, that was that was the justification <laughs> from, and it's like, well, you know, I survived my company function yesterday. It was tough, but you know, it makes me eligible for the prize. So, so you want to play your year? No, <laughs> definitely not. So. Just, just for everyone out there, Adam was messaging stuff, and then when we re- when we talked to him about it today, he didn't remember. So I don't know if "survived" is a strong word. Yeah. yeah I, 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 huh? Yeah. No, I was going to say you were you were definitely on form this morning. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, and I think you were incredibly brave. Also, then immediately suggesting nine o'clock as a recording time. Yeah, then I realized Alex had to check <laughs> out. Because done with. Yeah, Alex had to check out Tupu. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's take Daniel Tupu to class. <laughs> we, just, we just record this, but either way, this is going to be released on Sunday. So we could That's say true. we're recording this 6 a.m. Saturday and Adam's fighting his hangover as we speak. I, I, is Adam uh, a good uh, enough voice? Uh, currently artist. beating Zimbabwe 33-0 and there's five minutes left. Who's beating Zimbabwe 33-0? Let's. The Blitzbocker. Oh, nice, nice. That's no, no, oh, good. Have you that, that Blitzbock jersey? Yo. Mm. Um, as good as it looks, I saw something, I saw some shenanigans about that now in this week. There's a post about a guy who managed to buy one now in this week. And he yeah. was saying he went, they went to the shop, wherever they, the retailer that was going to sell them. Because remember the original press release said 500 were going to be for sale or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, he went there, well, not him, he, uh, he, he's overseas, but he had a mate go queue up for him Monday morning at whatever store. I don't know which store. And when he got to the store and all that, they, they were like, yeah, we've got 200 jerseys. 300 of them are for a competition. Oh. What? They yeah, 200 and 300 are for a competition. Yeah, 300 or giveaways or whatever was apparently what what the staff told them there, and where the person said 500. Are they 2K? So they so they actually only they actually only 200 jerseys. 200 for freely sale. available for sale at 2,000 so each. Jerseys. Yeah, 2,000 a pop. Yeah. For those of you who aren't aware, that's uh, wait. Give me ask Google. Uh, a normal jersey costs between like say around 600. A normal Super Rugby jersey yeah. costs like 600. Just for uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, the whole thing has really left a bad taste in my mouth, to be honest, because I think that first of all, it's, it's one of the best looking rugby jerseys I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. But even, but then like the fact that they, so first of all, I'm like, oh, so you guys can fucking make nice jerseys. You've been giving us this dog shit for the last like however many years for the Stormers, and I don't like the A6 jerseys for the Springboks. I think that they look oh, terrible. There you are. Dog shit though. So etc etc like they actually fucking they went, once they're motivated by two thousand rand price points suddenly they could come up with good designs that's already pissed me off. But then second of all like I just think that the whole thing is really obnoxious. They're like they're trading on the whole Mandela legacy. Yeah, and it's trying to like birthday. yeah trying to invoke Mandela's name for his hundredth birthday and then extorting people for two thousand fucking rand for a nice jersey and, and for, in, incredibly like, limited numbers. Yeah, like, what are you actually got? What are you guys trying to do here? Are you trying to honor his legacy, or are you trying to make a quick buck? Because mm-hmm. I'm, I can tell you what it, what it looks like, and it's not the mm-hmm. former. I think that if they were really trying to honor Madiba's legacy, they'd say, guys, Cape Town Sevens, 2018, Mandela's hundredth uh, birthday, or whatever. The jerseys are fucking free. 
You show up with a ticket to the sevens, you get a jersey. We're going to paint mm. the whole stadium green and gold from corner to corner. If you're a South African citizen or like you, you, you bring your South African uh, green barcoded ID and a valid or, or sevens, ticket, card sevens ID. ticket. <laughs> yeah. And a valid um, the sevens ticket, you get a jersey for free. That's what I think. And like, or you say, because like I get it, you know they're a company, they got to make their money or whatever. Or you say, okay, guys, there's there's two different pricing points. One is like two hundred rand, so like pretty much anyone who can afford to locals it, price point. Know, yeah, pretty much anyone can afford it. And then there's like two thousand five hundred rand, which is the same jersey, but it's like autographed by every single Blisbok or something, or, or like the 1995, yeah, right. you know, nineteen ninety five World Cup winning team or something like that. You have a special editions that people can buy to cross subsidize the sale of the other jerseys. You know, but like mm. you, you should be honest about it. Like, say our objective here is to make money, or say the objective here is to actually like get interest in the sevens and support the Blitzbocker, support Madiba, because what they're doing is not coinciding with what their stated objectives are. And it pisses me off. Just like um, that global citizen shit fest that occurred uh, with the the robberies, etc., yeah. etc., et that happened outside. Oh, uh, the dudes uh, hanging outside just. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, Where? Did you didn't hear about this? No, there was a global citizen festival here in Johannesburg. Beyonce and a whole bunch of other international stars came. You were able to earn uh, tickets by, uh, I don't know, sharing stuff in social media for good causes. Being I, a good I, oak. Yeah, being a good like oak in social do, media. Doing, which Doing which good deeds or on, whatever. Yeah. On social media. Well, you have to do social like, media activism. Yeah, which I despise. I think it's the biggest waste of waste ever. Sorry, I was going to curse and swear. And again, it was meant to be about Mandela's 100th birthday. But it's just, again, to kind of repeat Alex's point, where's the correlation, really? Uh, I know you get Mandela Day and, and that sort of thing. That's a separate issue uh, I won't yammer on about. But uh, I kind of agree with Alex there. I mean, look how, look how awesome those jerseys are. Why can't we get this all the time? It's only because of 2,000 around a pop. Only 200 are available. Uh, I think oh, people deserve better. So. Oh, oh, I've got some contacts in China. Do you want a jersey? I'll get you a jersey. <laughs> awesome. I'll find it at traffic lights. Okay, I, I, bought a, I bought a Springbok jersey in China. It cost me the equivalent of 69 Rand, okay? <laughs> nice. It, it came with the sportsman's <laughs> warehouse tag already on it. With the price, <laughs> six hundred and forty-nine rand. They too—they too fucking lazy. They've even outsourced the pricing of their jerseys to China. One thing about the jerseys—I'll speak to my guys. Actually, my girl, her, her name is her name is Susan. I don't think that's actually her name, but I can't say that's her just name. A She's Susan to be. That's a that's a criminal that's a criminal alias, Susan. Yeah, well, it's not it's not criminal. They make it there. If they make too much, who cares? I was I in. Uh, 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 yeah, sorry, go ahead. I just want to say this one's for you, Alex. Um, have you noticed there's a huge castle logo on the front of that jersey, but they've managed to integrate it quite well that it's actually almost subtle. Imagine <laughs> yeah. if the Stormers could do that. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. Like, it's. I mean, we were talking. I was talking about that with Phil about the um, the superhero ones, yeah. and whether they're going to be able to integrate like you know DHL with with Thor and Vodacom for the Bulls with Captain America, like that kind of stuff. And we reckon, like, you know, 
it's just, I don't know, it's, it's such a big difference, I think, between unions that the ones that care enough about their brand to put their foot down with sponsors and say, look, we want you to sponsor us, we'll take you on board, we're not taking your, like, you need to adapt your brand to fit ours, not the other way around. Yeah. And the ones that just kind of totally roll over and capitulate like the Stormers did, splashing fucking yellow and red across a blue and white striped jersey, you know, for Christ's sake. But anyway, so yeah, the fact that Castle have come to the party on this one, that just shows that they've got a really good relationship with the you know, Springbok 7s. And mm. you know, that's exactly the kind of thing that gets you signed on for another five years as a sponsor, mm. when you can you know, acclimatize essentially to, to your, your brand. And I think like the Sharks have done a really good job with Salsi. Obviously, like they selected them well. And, did you uh, not, did you not say, say what you will about the Sharks? Obviously, we're not their biggest fans here. But they know how to run a club. Like, they treat yeah. their fans so well. And that their their image is impeccable. Like, it's exactly mm. what they want it to be. Yeah, look, I'd, I'd be I'd be more uh, kindly predisposed towards them if they'd given me the bri that I asked for on their Twitter page. Um, they still haven't gotten back to me. Did you the Sharks for a bri as well? They were running a competition. They They said, like, on Twitter, they were like, Send us a video of you t- telling us why you love the sharks, and you know, use this hashtag or whatever, and you'll stand in line. You, you'll you'll get your name into the hat to win a bra, a weaver bra. So, I was, you know, I was desperate. You guys know that. Um, I wouldn't have done this otherwise. But I, I sent them a video, and I didn't say. I, I said to them, "Look, guys, I'll be on straight up with you. I'm gonna be honest. I don't like the sharks. I've never, I've never supported the sharks." <laughs> but I really, I really, start. really, really need a bri, and I need a bri. You guys have got a bri, you know. Let's sort this out. <laughs> and no one else entered the competition, as far as I can tell. There's no other tweets <laughs> on that on that thread. There's no other. No one else that hashtag. I'm convinced that I'm the only entrant that they had for this this piss poor competition of theirs. I followed it up and I was like, okay, look, guys, I can see I'm the only entrant, but I get I get it. You're in a tough position. You know, I, I didn't exactly play by your rules. Let's do this. I'll make my I'll change my profile picture to Keegan Daniel. Shock. Yeah. Ooh, it's all ooh, you know, super ready or something. And you know, then you guys can like tell your marketing manager that you still achieved like increased awareness of your brand or whatever. And they still didn't get back to me. They just I think they just cancelled the competition. They were like, fuck it, let's just keep the bride for ourselves. So I'm not John, happy about John this. Like, I, I don't think the bride. Yeah, probably. Like I, I don't know. I, I'm not very happy about the way they they dealt with the, their their Twitter audience in that respect. Um, they haven't blocked me yet, so they're still one step ahead of the lines. Uh, Did you? Yeah. Um, gentlemen, just to quick, we just need to wrap up soon. I unfortunately need to go. Oh, yeah, so, northern versus southern. Yeah, right? any, any, we've kind of uh, <laughs> meandered away from that point. Any, any final points uh, about that? I, I, mainly for me is that France have been very disappointing. I know they changed coaches. Scotland are looking better. Wales, I know we don't like them, but they're very good. As well, England, I don't, don't really know what to make of England at this stage. I know they nearly beat. We should have beaten them. They nearly beat the All Blacks. They hammered Australia, but I, I'm still not sure if the Eddie Jones experiment is mm. going to come off at the right time. Uh, so I think they've peaked already. Uh, I, I think oh. I think England have have run their race, to be honest. Um, and to oh, I don't know, like Ireland, they, they used to say a similar thing about Munster, like it was just involved so much like 
intensity and so much like passion mm. and mm. you have and you have to bring that every game like week in week out week in week out and it's just draining and when when shit goes wrong like they don't say oh yeah maybe you know maybe we kicked too much like maybe our breakdown wasn't good enough they say no more intensity more passion more inti-. and it's just like this huge yeah. emotional like well that they're constantly feeding into and then when it's like it's the kind of thing that's sort of destined to kind of implode a bit so yeah, yeah I, I, I wouldn't say Ireland's their performance against the All Blacks it was exceptional and their performance over the last uh, 18 months has been exceptional yeah. but I don't know how sustainable it is let's say that yeah so I'm kind of with Ben on this I think that so to answer your original question Northern Hemisphere Rugby has overtaken Southern Hemisphere Rugby across the board but I still think a Southern Hemisphere team is going to win the World Cup next year. No, definitely. And I think there's going to be... Hmm? Namibia! Think... <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, do you think it's going to be another all four Southern Hemisphere uh, teams no. being the... No, I don't think so. I think we're going to see the North-South final and the Southern mm-hmm. team is going to win it. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, all right, that's like uh, just any final comments. Otherwise, we can wrap this up. This very meandering episode, <laughs> I must say. Is yeah. that, Alex, you can get back to your, your nap. I'll prepare for no, my party. I I'm, I, yeah, I've got to prepare for a party as well. We're having a, we're hosting a three course dinner party tomorrow. Yo. So I've got some I've got some mint ice cream to churn. That's nice. Do you have an ice cream maker, baller? Of course he does. Yeah. Of course, of course he does. I do, then. And, uh, and Matt, you're just gonna. <laughs> what are you gonna do? I'm, I'm, so, I'm just gonna buy an ice cream maker tomorrow, just so you can't one up me, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna finish all of you. Yeah, potato salad. Your potato salad is that that's on your priority list right now. <laughs> it's for tomorrow. I'm also cooking for tomorrow. Hmm. Are, you, are you just up. keeping? Are you keeping a classic, Matt, or, or like what's your twist? I'm doing okay. Mayo. Red onion, then I like to do instead of a pickle, uh, normal gherkin, I like to throw in pickle jala- diced up pickle jalapeno. Nice. Mm, that sounds good. Mm. That sounds pretty so good. We both. So thin the mayo. One of our stars. Thin the mayo with, yeah. with the pickle brine as well. I like to thin the mayo out with that as well. That's nice. One of our starters for tomorrow is um, jalapeno poppers. Nice. Ooh, uh, can't lose. I bought about 18 Clear jalapeno eyes. poppers this morning. Clear eyes, clear hearts, can't lose uh, when it come, comes to the jalapeno poppers. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Very meandering one. Uh, Alex, I'm going to say just sleepy in, in the description. A sleepy Alex. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we, we will be back um, next week. Our schedule, we will be out every Sunday. I think bar maybe um, the last Sunday of the year. I suspect that we might skip that. But we still, we've got a, a chat about the 2019 World Cup to come up. Uh, there's also some draft buzz. We're hoping to hear some good news from some of our friends of the pod in that respect. And lastly, transformation. The long-awaited transformation episode. We're just trying to find a period where um, maybe I'm not hungover. This is quite an <laughs> emotional topic. And uh, to maybe just to see if you can get some other viewpoints as well. But we will keep you up to date. And every Sunday we will be there. I think bar the last Sunday of the year. Can we do a quick, can we do a quick punt for fantasy XP draft? Yes, hundred percent. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, just just head over, head over to Twitter and um, go do fantasy XD draft. Um, that's their Twitter handle at fantasy XV draft. Friends you probably the know pod. them already. They're, yes. they're friends of the pod, and they've got they've got their own pod, which we also highly recommend. Um, you probably know a lot of their content from their blog posts and their podcasts already, anyway. 
they are top notch. Um, yeah. Probably best of the business, to be honest. And I think they we've have all some very their injury lists. Yeah, the casualty wards is one of the most useful tools yes, in fantasy yes. season. Um, maybe only second to Hamish Bidwell and Paul Tate. But uh, yeah, they have got some very exciting news about an upcoming fantasy platform. Yeah. Uh, we don't have all the details, but go to their Twitter handle um, and check it out. And I'm sure you'll be just as excited as we are because it's going to be if if it's anything as good as it looks, it's going to be amazing. Indeed. So, yeah, check um, it out. And if you just want to play fantasy rugby uh, beyond fantasy XV, just to, just to, to repeat, Ben, they are friends of the pod, so uh, check them out. There are other fantasy games out there. Um, we we'll even chat about it when we do a bit more about that. So if you just want to play some fantasy draft rugby, guys, get involved. It's a lot of fun. I know Alex he wrapped us in um, into one of the leagues he's involved with earlier this year. I've never done it before and it was fantastic. Maybe for the bands, guys. If you'd rugby bands. It was fantastic until you so, picked Jordan Ulysses. Yeah, with then, your then, wish then was a party. <laughs> <laughs> then the wheels came off for the rest of the season. Yeah, but geez, you can, you, we've been milking that for the whole year. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's, it's, been, it's, it's been a long year. Jeez, I won't lie. Um, anyway, that, that's going to wrap up. Adam, Adam, Adam what, yes. what, do you, what do you prefer being known as? The guy who picked Jordan Ulysses yeah. as first round of the draft yeah. or a Bulls fan? <laughs> That's a tough one, Drew. Uh, I'll take Jordan. No, I'll take Moneyball any day. Okay. Well, that actually <laughs> happened as well. So. Yeah, it did. I, I'm, I'm not a bull. <laughs> uh, if you hope you're listening, thank you so much. We will catch you next week.